Well, babe, you're officially a mom. And you're officially a dad. <laughs> so my wife, Angela, is definitely my favorite blogger and YouTuber extraordinaire. And she's a pretty amazing wife, I must add. And my guess is that a lot of you may have seen my husband, Matt, on TV or in the movies. Wyatt from Timeless, Liam from 90210, anyone? Chicago from Pitch Perfect 3. I mean, he's bringing the sexy. All right, all right. So if you guys didn't know, Angela and I created a podcast called Hello Bump to chronicle our journey as expecting first-time parents. We really just started it for something for us to look back on, but we ended up really loving our weekly chat. Yeah, so much so that we couldn't stop there. I mean, now is the fun part, right? Now is the payoff for the nine months of pregnancy. Now is where our life begins. We have a brand new beautiful baby girl and we are so in love. And we want you guys to come on this new journey with us of figuring out, frankly, how to raise this little thing. We know it's going to be tough at times, but we also know the rewards are great. We're going to be chatting week to week about the joys and the struggles of learning how to do this parenting thing. I'm pretty sure we're going to mess up a lot. But from every mistake comes a lesson that we can pass on to you. So join us in this wild ride as we undertake our newest challenge, parenthood. Hello, Hello baby. baby. <laughs> Hello. Baby. Podcast. Don't you think that's a little much? But I'm I'm always a little much on this intro. That's my middle name. It's a Matt li- a, a little, little much, much Lanter. Oh, okay. Matt, All this time I thought it was McKendry, which is why we named McKenley McKenley. It's Matthew McKendry a little much Lanter. Oh, you have <laughs> Two middle names. Well, a little yeah. much. A little much is three. In Plus McKendry, so four. Some cultures, Angela. Oh, what culture would that be, Lanter? Well, you know, it's like it's like the uh, it's like the British. You know, they've got like you're British. It's the British, you know, culture. They've got like Elizabeth. So you're British, Catherine. You're avoiding my question here. You know, Elizabeth. Are you British? The second. Um. British. Are are you? British. I think I've got some British heritage. Very little, I believe. You don't know my heritage. Yes, I do. I have your password for ancestry. True story. I had to spit in a cup. And one, I made him. And then once I did it, I was like, oh, crap. I think I ruined my test because you're not supposed to eat like three hours prior to spitting in your cup. That's true. Which, by the way, the whole spitting in a cup and sending it off, that's just, it's gross. It grosses me out. It's, no, it's way better than pooping and sending that off. For a stool test sample like I had to. <laughs> I had to poop in a French fry container. Wait, wait. What if you had to poop in a cup to send off your ancestry? Like, that's what Let everyone did. Let me think did. of two girls in a cup, and I've never even seen that, and that's foul. What if you had to What if you had to poo in a cup, and that's how you found out who your ancestors were, is they matched you by your poo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This is a disgusting this episode. Is, yeah, we've, we've gone downhill. There's nowhere to go but up from here. But no, I, I I spit in this cup for ancestry, and uh, I sent it off, and then I freaked out. Not freaked out. That's uh, that's way over over dramatic. But I worried that I didn't get the test right because I I, I ate I ate something. You know, I ate uh, you know fajitas. <laughs> no, like you ate Indian food. I remember an, specifically Indian food. Yeah, you ate curry. And, and dare I say, could they have found some some Indian genes? You know, because the <laughs> no, I'm just kidding about that. But no, I was for real. I was like, did I ruin the test? They're going to find something crazy. And it came back and it was really nothing crazy. It was pretty much what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're pretty normal. Well, what does is, what is normal mean? I 
it's just where I thought I was from. You're pretty basic. Is that the word you were looking for? <laughs> I'm a basic bitch. Uh, what I've got, I've got some Austrian. I've got some yeah, um, German. I've got some some Jewish heritage in me, actually. I think you're Ashkenazi, Jew- Jewish, aren't you? I I don't know. I think you are. I don't know what that means. It's a specific type of Jewish. I think that's what you is are. it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't remember. Um, my dad is really, really into genealogy. Yes. To the point where he's got. We should have him on an episode and just talk genealogy. He's got photos. You love it. Of of black and white photos of family members, long long gone. I mean, family members that we've never met before, you know, because they died in like a couple generations, like eighteen sixties. <laughs> and he's got photos of them on his wall. To each their own, folks. Okay, it's not my thing. It is my dad's thing. It always has been. I love genealogy too. Your you know, dad I, and I bond over that. Look, I think it's cool. I love it. I think it's cool. I think it's fascinating. Ancestry is like one of my favorite websites. I love it because that's where, if I have spare time, that's what I like to do, which I can't even remember the last time I got you, to do that. You haven't done much lately, but at one point I did have to get on to you about getting off of the computer and getting off Ancestry and yeah. joining the real world. I just, I really enjoy it, but I don't, I mean, I just don't have time. Yeah. Uh, I'm Matt Lanter. This is my wife, Angela Lanter. This is our podcast, Hello Baby. We've got a 16-month-old baby girl. Her name is McKenley. We talk about parenting stuff, baby stuff. Uh, That's what this podcast is. Welcome. Family stuff. And family stuff. Uh, Today, we're doing a little something different, uh, sort of. We're just taking some questions uh, from you guys, things that you have uh, wrote to us, and we're going to answer, and uh, hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. Shall we roll this beautiful bean footage? Yes. All right. Intro song queuing up right now. Getting fit and staying healthy always sounds easier than is done. Am I right? Well, OpenFit takes the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room and get this in as little as 10 minutes a day. Why should you try it? Well, they've got amazing trainers and classes. It's super simple. You can work out on your schedule. Uh, you can access it anywhere, anytime, you know, viewed on the computer, a web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, Roku. It's results you can see. Lose up to 15 pounds in just 30 days. You flatten your abs shape your body, look and feel great. I actually love OpenFit because I love reading the articles and the wealth of information and knowledge that you can gain from the website. OpenFit has changed the way we work out. And with our code BABY, you can join us on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, use our code BABY and start using OpenFit for your journey to a healthier life. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-day challenge, our listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text BABY to 303030. You will get access to OpenFit, all the workouts, and nutrition information totally free. Again, just text BABY to 303030. Standard message and data rates may apply. All righty, and we're back. When you talk in that accent, you remind me of, um, what's her name? Dorit from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. When she like 
she's not British at all, but like every once in a while, she'll like talk with like this British accent and all the housewives would be like, why are you talking with a British accent? Mm -hmm. You're from like Connecticut. You know who else did that? Hmm. Is Rebecca Sinclair, who was one of the producers on 90210. Oh. And we all sort of reacted the same way. We were like, well, I ain't talking like that. But she also, I believe, was from like that same area, Connecticut. Really? It must be a thing up there. Maybe. Anybody, I don't know if she's from Connecticut. I was just saying that. If there's anybody from that area in, in New England, chime in. Is that a thing? It's almost like a, like kind of a Madonna type thing happening, you know, where she kind of sort of slides into an accent every now and then. Oh, Madonna does that too. I forgot about that. Yeah, absolutely. I forgot. You're right. Absolutely. You are right. Okay. Well, uh, like I said today, I thought we could just um, yeah, go over some questions that you guys sent in. First of all, I need to, I need to bring up just a little current event here. I think a, a big congratulations is in order to the royal couple. Um, I know that they go ahead. I, I won't spoil your your fun there. No, go ahead. Go for it. I was going to say they gave birth this morning. Well, she gave birth, not him. You know what I mean? It's it's just like I I I like saying it that way, like because like we have McKinley, not just me. We did it together. Well, people say. Um, you know, they're pregnant, but you don't hear many people say they gave birth. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wonder how they do that, though. And like, are they so proper that he's not allowed in the room when she's in labor? Do you think I, I read a little statement and I want to hear this? Well, I, I have to Google it. It's not on my computer right now. So I'm paraphrasing. OK, but he he did say something like it. It was his first birth because clearly he's never had a kid before and. It was amazing, and uh, he's so proud of his wife, mm -hmm. and he's over the moon. So he did go. He was there. It sounds like, yes, he was okay. in the room. That's what it sounded like. I was just curious, like. like, if the queen put the kibosh on that or not, you know? Why? Because you think they're kind of old school, where, like, the where like the, fan, like the dad well, is not in the room? Well, they do have so many specific rules about, like, the way that they have to dress in public, and, like, the little boys are only allowed to wear shorts. Do you remember those rules? I do. And stuff like that. So I was just wondering if they had any royal rules about childbirth i don't know but uh that was a thing the shorts uh no no father's not being in the room we we watched the show called call the midwife oh yeah which, it was definitely which by the way is a british show i love that show and this was took place in what the 60s um it started immediately after world war ii oh so the 50s probably goes into the 50s i think it starts immediately after world war ii was that 45 well, yeah, World War II ended in 45. Because remember, the, the was it the South End that was completely demolished from I, I bombing? Maybe it was the East? I don't it remember. It was the East End? I think it might be East. I think it might be right. And then I think it follows through to, I okay. think we're, I think we're in episode, or season right. like seven, and I feel like it might be early 60s now. Oh, so they jumped ahead. I think so. Okay, well, either way, um, let's just say 50s then. Okay. The majority of the time, they did not let the men in the no, birthing room. They did not. It was like the man just stands out in the hospital and he's like, hey, tell me when my baby's born, which I, th I find weird. It's so weird. It's just so different than the way it is now. Yeah. You know? Right. It's, um, I love that show. I've, I've seen all of the previous seasons up until the current season. Well, obviously the father's role in parenting has really changed over the last 50 oh, years. Yes. I mean, it I, significantly, at least how this is how they portray it in the film and TV <laughs> film and in the, in the film and TV industry. They portray <laughs> as like dad goes to work, comes home, 
maybe plays with the kids for half an hour and then, you know, whatever, mom puts him to bed. No, mom greets him at the door with his slippers and his cocktail. <laughs> Dad reads the newspaper for a while, then he plays with kids. Yeah, where's my cocktail and my slippers? I don't even know how to make a cocktail. <laughs> well, you need to start. <laughs> also, uh, I, I want my robe and my slippers. Babe, you don't even come home from work at the end of a day. But now it's like reading the iPad or something instead mm -hmm. of the uh, paper. Totally, totally. Let's get started with a few of these questions. Okay. I don't think today's episode is going to be terribly long. But, uh, you know, I picked out like six or seven that I, I liked. Well, I pulled a few from... Your gorgeous, gorgeous girls community. They're all from community. the gorgeous girls community. They yeah, are. yeah. From our my private Facebook group um, back... When was that? When did I ask that question? Let's look. December 9th, I got onto the group and I said, hey guys, give me some topics you guys want to hear about on the podcast. And y'all chimed in and gave me like 80 different responses, which is pretty cool. It's yeah. like fresh content for us to Absolutely. talk about. We love it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the first question I have starred here, because I have little stars next let's, to the ones. Let's hear it. Um, this plays into me yelling at Angela about ancestry and getting off the computer uh -oh. and stuff like that and joining the real world. And we'll, we'll talk about this. Uh -huh. Renee Hoffman asks, how do you keep a healthy balance between social media and your relationship? Do you think ancestry is social media? No, but it's the computer. It's screen time. Okay. I guess we should also bring up the fact that, that unfortunately social media is part of your job description, which makes things a little tougher, you know? Oh, I have no balance between it at all. Right. And mine a little bit, uh, but not really. But like, it's, we're, we're different, right? Because a normal couple with a, like a dad comes home from his day of work, working at the, you know, aerospace industry call center or whatever, ha doesn't have anything to do with social media at, the, at his job. Right. It's, it's so different because like when I was working in the insurance industry and I came home and I was surfing Facebook or whatever, it was just for pure fun to connect with people back home, whatever. Now, I mean, there's definitely an element of fun. Like I still hop on my private Facebook page and want to see what my family and friends are up to. But the majority of time that I'm on social media, it's for business purposes. So it's like, it's hard. There is no balance in it for me and there's not much joy in it for me either. So as you guys know, Angela sometimes gets sponsored uh, deals on her Instagram. Everything she does sponsor, she actually does care about or want to sponsor or feel like it's organic. Like to the her. brands that I work with, I want to. I actually make sure that I approve of them and yeah. use them in and real life. Things that is you what actually, you're trying to say. You, you do want your followers to know about because it could be beneficial to them as right. a product or whatever. Right. But um, it is sort of your job. But it, I think it's a problem between us. Not a problem. Not enough to like go to counseling and talk about it. But, you know, like I just said, I feel like Angela gets obsessed with things like ancestry sometimes. I am constantly, recently, what's the most recent thing that I'm like on you about? Like electronic wise. Books. Yes. Angela loves to put her AirPods. You haven't gotten on me though in a while for that. Apple AirPods are some of the coolest inventions. I love them too. Uh, Angela loves them. 
The problem is, is that since we bought them for her, they don't come out of her ears. That's not true. And I feel like at some points I have lost my wife. That's not true. And I've told her this before. She's constantly listening to books, which is another problem because your gorgeous girls book club you have, and you, you kind of, you kind of, you know, quote, have to listen to these books because you're We part- do one book a month. Yes. Right. But I just feel like you constantly have AirPods in your ears. And a lot of times I'm like, Hey, can you, can you join us? Can you join your family? Can you join the real world? I feel like you're being very unfair right now. I'm just being honest. I feel like you're being unfair because when's the last time you had to say that to me? Angela, just because I haven't had to say it in the last week or two or whatever doesn't make it not applicable. Here's the thing. All I'm doing, most of the time too, I only have one AirPod in. I don't put two in so they can still hear what's going on. I just feel like I can get through a book so much faster by listening to it and doing other things than sitting with my nose in the book in the corner of the house somewhere. I don't have a problem with that. If you were to like listen on your own time. What's my own time? Well, I, I don't know. Do you want me to stay up all night and listen to my book and not sleep? Yeah, scratch okay. my back. Okay. <laughs> no, I just feel like, you know, it'll be like we're, we're making some dinner or something like that and you've got your book in. And I'm like, can you, can you join me? What did I say about two or three days ago? I was like, you're either mad at me or you just don't like me anymore as a person or something because you're just really not paying any attention to me at all. And I'm not like saying, I'm not one of those people that needs attention. I don't need her attention, but like she just wasn't accessible. (laughs) Like she was just in her own world. I feel like we're having a marital dispute right now for everybody to, to judge. No, we're not disputing. We're not, we're not at odds, but Renee Hoffman said, how do you keep a healthy balance? And I think the answer (laughs) is we don't, Renee. (laughs) We're just totally like everybody else. When it comes to stuff like this. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. As far as like, for me, um, and unfortunately, we are guilty of waking up, grabbing our phones and, and hopping on Instagram to see what we missed over the last eight hours of sleep or whatever it is that we slept. Yeah. You know, we, we do that. I, I sort of hate that I do that. I sort of hate that social media and Facebook has, is, is if you add up the time, I really think it's sad um, I do love that the iPhone has that feature that you can, it, it like calculates all your social media and screen time mm-hmm. so you can really see. I haven't been getting alerts lately and I don't know why, but. I have my own personal rule. I've actually not even told you this. Okay. What's your rule? But in the morning, I try to make sure that I first read my devotional that comes every morning into my inbox before I go on social media. I, I try to do that. And that's mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. Well, that's a good way to start. Like get some God going. Yeah. I don't, I'm not great about it being the first email that I open, but I do try to read it before I go on any social media at all. Would you say that that sets your day on the right path or you just feel like you need to do it because it's the right thing to do? Um, I think that for me personally, it puts my mind first on what's important in life other than first looking at, you know, so-and-so is wearing this, or this is what this person has to say about Game of Thrones last night, or this is what this person's eating. You know what I mean? Like those are all fine and dandy and there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't know. It just feels like it, it's setting my day off in, in, in the right motion. Direction. Direction. Mm -hmm. That's the word I'm looking for. Right. 
Okay, you guys know we love babies over here at Hello Baby, but family planning, it's a part of life, you know, and that's where simple health comes into play. So whether you're trying birth control for the first time or you need to renew your prescription, simple health can help take care of you. All you have to do is hop on their website and fill out an online health profile, answer a couple questions, and that will help you find the best birth control for you. A doctor reviews to see if you're a good candidate for birth control, recommends a product, and then writes a prescription. Then your birth control ships directly to your door on a recurring schedule, no interruptions. It's free with most insurance plans, and it starts at $15 a month without insurance. It's so easy. The biggest hassle for me when I was on birth control was having to go to the the pharmacy every month. This takes the hassle out of birth control. Now, this service is not a replacement for routine evaluations by your primary care physician or gynecologist, but it does help just make your life easier. Don't miss your chance to try the service for free. Our listeners get the $20 prescription fee waived by going to simplehealth.com slash baby or entering code baby at checkout. Again, you get the $20 prescription fee waived by going to simplehealth.com slash baby or entering code baby at checkout. The next question is from Ashley. Is it Farazine? Is that how you would pronounce that? I didn't. Farazine? I I I think so. Is there a charity or organization that you actively support? What social issues matter to you? She's pausing because the printer did something really weird with the, it almost like overlapped some of the stuff. I think that that's the, the question. I can't tell if there's anything beyond that. I think that's the question. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the question. Okay. Cause it immediately goes into another line and I was, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So it, the printer did something really weird. It okay. like double printed some stuff. Um, thanks for uh, your question, Ashley. You know what? It's funny, and I started this one because we literally just got back from Las Vegas Mm -hmm. where I spoke a little bit on human trafficking. And I have really not been terribly involved with the human trafficking effort Um, a little bit here and there. I I have attended a few events. I presented Annalyn McCord, who was a castmate of mine on 90210, uh, with an award. Uh, the Nobel Awards uh, for humanitarian work because Anna Lynn has really, really dedicated her life to human trafficking. That That's kind of her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why they called me and not her, but they called me and um, they said, hey, you know, would you, lo- would you like to do this? We'd love to have you out to Las Vegas. Uh, come to the shopping center. We're going to have an evening of, uh, you know, wine and, and a band um, and we're going to incorporate human trafficking into the evening and we'd love to have the uh, Salvation Army of Southern Nevada. Uh, they've got a program called Seeds of Hope that they do to help um, rehabilitate victims, uh, you know, mentally, physically, uh, and just get them back on their feet, victims of human trafficking. Also to spread awareness of human trafficking, right? So that is what we were doing this past weekend in Vegas. It was a real quick trip for us, really just about 24 hours over there mm-hmm. and back. But uh, I gave a speech I, I uh, wrote, it was about three pages or so. I don't know. What, what did that translate to? About seven or eight minutes of, of uh, speaking? It was, yeah, it was Something right like at that. about seven minutes. And uh, boy, I can tell you that the, the more that I research this in preparation for the speech, it's, it's awful. I, I watched a lot of speeches. Uh, Ashton Kutcher, Blake Lively are huge advocates for human trafficking. Um, child pornography, Blake Lively is, is really, really um, an advocate for 
you know, trying to eliminate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned a lot and a lot of really, really unfortunate things. Human trafficking is like a $150 billion a year industry. That's second behind illegal drug trade. That's it. Uh, the average age of teens going into the sexual exploitation is like between 12 and 14 years old. I mean, how awful is that? So anyway, there's a lot of stats that I could throw at you right now, but it's awful. But it was a great night that they that they did. And some people heard about human trafficking. And, um, you know, I think uh, you we can start by spreading some uh, awareness is the first thing. Mm-hmm. I also represent Alzheimer's Association. I yep. have for years. It's something I've been working closely with them. Yep. My grandma passed from Alzheimer's years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something that I just witnessed firsthand. I also witnessed what it does to the family firsthand mm-hmm. and the caretaker, the soul, like if there's a soul caretaker, mm-hmm. um, and how devastating that uh, disease really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and I know Angela's family has also my mom had dementia. Dementia and Alzheimer's. It kind of fits in that same sort of category. So mm-hmm. um, we, we've we been active with them for as long as I've known you. We we go in, out and support them every year, yeah, most, at least once a year. Most of the events, the walks, things like that. Actually, it was really... Night at Sardis. Yeah. Uh, after my grandma had passed, it was actually within a day or two. Uh, there happened to be an Alzheimer's walk in uh, North Canton, Ohio, which is where we were at, where my mm-hmm. grandma lived and um it was really nice and therapeutic and a great way for the whole family to come out and basically celebrate my grandma's life and to walk in her honor mm-hmm. uh, so that was a really cool we had shirts made mm-hmm. for everybody yep that was a really cool time um but yeah i mean you know something else i would i would personally really love to get involved with what's that it's, it's just like a like a wounded warrior type thing i yeah. have such a heart for military yeah you do and i would love to get involved with something like that in the future I guess that can come down the road. I guess we got a few things coming up here um, that we need to address first, such as a move. <laughs> <laughs> Which is coming very soon. Yeah. Very soon. Okay. Here's another one. Emily Barrett asks, what has the biggest struggle been in y'all's marriage and how did you overcome it? <sighs> um, clearly, that's I- my AirPods. It's so AirPods. we can just, we yeah. can just move on. <laughs> um, Emily, thanks. I think, tell me if I'm wrong, Angela. I think one of our biggest struggles, and we didn't really overcome it necessarily. We still, it still comes up is, is actually what, how my professional choices affect us. Yes. Our marriage and, and now our family. Mm. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. That's it, a big one. It's a, it's a big, big struggle. Um, it was easy when I was, you know, well, when I had a, a, a non-committed girlfriend, by that, I mean, we weren't engaged or anything like that. We were, you know, whatever, but it's easier when you're younger and you don't have as many things tying you down. And I know that sounds bad. I don't, I don't mean it like that. Yeah. I'm just the old ball and chain over here. You <laughs> know, no big deal guys. I don't mean it like that at all. I just mean <laughs> you're, you're anchored more, Yeah. you know, and when, when you're younger and you don't have those things, choice, yeah. choices like career decisions are much easier because things like location, you know, where you're shooting, mm-hmm. how long you're shooting, if you're staying in a hotel versus a apartment. You know, how much you're being paid, like things like that matter a little less when you're younger. 
and you're just trying to build a career and you're just wanting to work and you're wanting to have fun and, and, and having fun is still my main priority. And if I'm not having fun anymore, I'm going to quit what I'm doing <laughs> because that's the main thing. But there's a lot more to consider now. Prime example, there was a big, big project last year that I more or less had an offer on. It was a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a project that in due time you're all familiar with. I'm not even going to go into it because I'm not going to be that type of a actor actor that, you know, says what I was up for or whatever. But, um, it was, you a bur- weren't up for it. You had, it, it was a bird in hand situation. Uh, it, it was a financially, it was pretty amazing. Um, but at the time, things just didn't feel like they fit in with our our family. We had just had McKinley. This, she was four months old. This project would have taken us internationally. Uh, there also would have been some international travel involved. Um, it was an international move plus international travel is what it would have been. And with with it was a TV show. With TV shows, you never know how long they're going to run. It's not like movies where it was three months or four months or whatever, and you're done and you're back home. I mean, this is a, you film X amount of episodes in this foreign location, and potentially you could be doing this again for the next five plus years. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I think that people listening to this probably don't understand is as an actor, when you sign a contract for TV, um, you it's it's always beneficial to the network or the studio than it is to the actor and what i mean by that is that the actor when they signed this contract signs for six seasons whereas the network or the tv show can a cancel at any time or b fire them at any time Mm -hmm. but the actor is bound for six seasons six which is six years yeah so once you sign up because everything like nothing is is a guarantee when you sign up, you got to think about it. You got to think about this is potentially the next six years of my life. Yes. So it's it's difficult. And it's, and it's hard too, because we have to look at each show and think, oh, it's only going to go one year every single time. But in reality, it could go six years. Right, right. Um, so we ended up passing on that project. And um, it took us a long time to get to that decision, to make mm-hmm. that decision, like yeah. a long time. A lot of heart to heart talks. A uh, lot of fights. Yeah. Angela and I were, were not doing, we weren't doing, we weren't a good, we weren't in a good spot. Last as far summer. As, no. As far as our marriage, not necessarily like, oh, we're thinking about divorce. Nothing no. like that. I don't want to make it seem like that. It was just like, we had a lot of like differing opinions on things and you know, it is what it is. Also, when we were filming Timeless, as another example, yeah. the first season in Vancouver, it was extremely, extremely hard um, for a different reason. And that's the, the time away from the house that I was working. I mean, I was working during that first season. We were working 16, 17 hours a day. That literally leaves me enough time to come home, eat some dinner, and basically fall asleep or look at some lines for the next day, fall asleep, do it all over again until Saturday and Sunday. And then you guys got to <laughs> you guys you got to know that we were often shooting late 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 into the morning Friday. So really we we call them fratterdays in the industry cuz it, it's more or less half of your Saturday. By the time you wake up, it's 3 4 p.m. on Saturday. You got about a day and a half. The last couple months of Vancouver, you actually started filming on Saturdays too. We did. Yeah. Uh, so that took So a you toll. only had sa- Sundays off and there that was it. That took a toll also on 
our relationship uh, just because it's really, really, it's hard. It's hard on a relationship when one person is gone. Angela's by herself in Vancouver, away from her home, away from her friends, away from her life, uh, by herself. Um, yeah. You know, that was the darkest season of my adult life before I went through postpartum for sure. Um, and I don't want to like cry a woe is me because I know that there's people listening to this who are uh, like, are you kidding me? Like a hundred percent. Your husband is making how much money being on TV and he's got this fa- fame and, and like, you can't suck it up. And I, I hear you. I a hundred percent hear you. But the thing is, is that when I signed up for marriage and I signed up for this life, I didn't realize how often we would be moving. And I'm not saying that I won't move again because obviously we're getting ready to move in a couple of weeks. But what I didn't realize is the loneliness that comes with it. Because not only did we move to, to Vancouver and he's working these long hours, but I'm there completely by myself and I didn't even have a car. Yeah. I was I was stranded, it felt like. I know I could take public transportation and I did. And I found ways to occupy myself during the day. Like, But you can only go shopping so much in a foreign city and you can only blog so much. I didn't have a photographer. I didn't have a single friend there. It was hard. So, yeah, I mean. And I went through that in New Orleans, too. So definitely, yeah, we need a disclaimer that. And that was 10 months. Or how long were we in Vancouver? Not Nine months? Nine months. Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, I know I know a lot of y'all out there are saying the woe is me thing. It's not For that sure. at all. Um, but, but, you, but I feel like they also need to understand people listening that Matt and I didn't grow up the way that we live now. Like. I didn't, I didn't grow up wealthy by any means and neither did you. So it's not like, so if you're listening to this and thinking like, I wish I had that problem or you guys don't even understand, like I do understand because I didn't, I, I grew up in the hood. Well, I just think it's important. Here's the bottom line is that, yeah, obviously, you know, work and, and, um, a paycheck and everything is something that a lot of people don't necessarily have. But what I will say is, and this kind of goes back to the question of how do you overcome it, is um, I've been learning that in life, in general, it's all about balance. And just because we had money coming in and I was working, doesn't mean that Angela wasn't feeling lonely and, you know, depressed or, you know, because she had no one around. So that doesn't solve that, although it solves other things, you know, well, I guess they're just meaning like everything is balance. I think life is about balance. In order to be happy, you need balance of of all things. You know, if you got all the family in the world around, but you have zero cash inflow to pay your bills, it's hard. If you got cash inflow, but you have no friends and family to share any of this with or love to share love with, it's hard. Yeah. So it's all about balance. Yeah. Um, and that's the hardest thing to achieve in this industry, unfortunately. There is no balance. It, like it, when you're working, you're working. It is. It's a bit of a feast or famine thing. And unfortunately, that is the business that I chose. And that's what, you know. That's the life that we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but hey, you know, on the flip side, we get it. When I'm not working, I'm home a lot. Yeah. More so than the average person. So uh, again, just it's finding balance. Mm-hmm. I think also one of the one of the ways that we overcome it is is to really... The more that we do this, the more that I work, the more that we travel for work, we learn things. Uh, so A, I think we learn from our mistakes, uh, such as in Vancouver, we were in a high rise building in downtown Vancouver 
I think we sort of learned that Angela and I are not high-rise downtown kind of people. Especially now with the baby. I think we're more of like like a house kind of people yeah. with a bit of a yard. Yeah. I think it's just who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I believe we learned that. I, I believe that we, you know, there's a few other things we learned about like life in Canada, life uh, shipping things, uh, stuff like that. We're trying to apply things that we've learned to this next move. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another way that you, you know, quote, overcome it is by really having an open dialogue mm-hmm. with each other about like expectations and, you know, okay, what can we do to, to improve on last time? That sort of is a blurred line with the, you know, yeah, I mean, what, what we improve on. It's, it's also the communication is so key because when Matt passed on this project last summer, it was very much a decision that we made together and it was something that we had to come to an agreement with and we had to both be okay with. True. Because I couldn't have him pass on it and then resent me for not taking this opportunity. Right. And you couldn't have me, you couldn't accept that job and then have me resenting you for putting our family in that position. Right. So it was, it was very, it it took a lot of conversation, a lot of fights, a lot of heart to hearts and a lot of tears on, you know, in order for us to make the decision that that just wasn't the right move for us. And you know what? God honored us so much because now we have another opportunity here and it's way more fitting for our family. It seems like it. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, you, you live and you learn and we're still young married folk, you know, we're still learning. We've only (laughs) been, we've only got five years of marriage, almost six under our belts and we're still, we're still learning as we go. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you want to read the next one down? Sure. It's from Casey. See it down there? Casey Lorson, or Lorson, Larson, Larson. How do you lift each other up when one is feeling down? I started this one because we've just been through all this depression stuff. Yeah, man. And, you know, I have my moments, and you know, certainly Angela, we just spent the last two episodes or whatever talking about her depression and, and, um, mm-hmm. How do we lift each other up? I mean, I guess it's it's just being supportive and, and kind of understanding and knowing what your loved one wants maybe and how they operate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like specifically, um, like if I'm, I know that that getting out and just taking a walk or exercising, something like that can really help Angela's in her mood mm-hmm. and like the, the anxiety, the depression kind of a, kind of a thing. Um, little things like that. Mm-hmm. I just think it's knowing, knowing your spouse, knowing, you know, who they are and, and what they respond to. Yeah. Is a big thing. Um, also just learning how to, how to talk to them, I guess. Also how to, how to listen without judgment, maybe. Yeah. Um, having empathy and sympathy for passion and compassion for them. Yeah. I know by looking at Matt or by listening to his cues, whether it's the way that he's breathing or sighing or even like the way he's talking, I I know how to pick up when he's anxious or when he's down or when he's not well. And I've learned how to soothe him. I've learned how to comfort him actually. And I think that that's, I think that's what you look at me as is your comfort. Yeah, I do. And I know, I know how, 
I know how to care for him. I, I know how to take care of him better than anybody in this world knows how to take care of, of you. You know what I mean? Angela will look at me and be like, you don't feel well, do you? Your, your coloring is a little off or like something like that. I'm like, how'd you, how'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I think that was instilled in me by mama. Yeah. You know, and then my mom, my mom's the same way. My mom sometimes picks up on, cause you know, she's, she's been uh, living with us and um, my mom can pick up on, on Matt's and the way that Matt feels or the way that I feel. And I think it's just that I, I've picked up that intuition from my mom. And, but I think that that also comes with being in tune to your spouse, you know, and just knowing, I know what it is that's going to make you feel better. A lot of times, like I know that, you know, when you're not feeling good, that if, I give you a back scratch that sometimes it's going to just make you relax and be able to doze off if that's what you need to do or whatever it is, whatever right. it is. Yeah. I just, I've learned that about you and that's what time does for yeah. a couple. Yep. You learn those things about each other. Yeah. Well, I think so too. All right. Let's see. Um, <laughs> this is, a, this is another one that I don't know if we've addressed this or not, but you get this question all the time. Mm -hmm. Do you want to read it? You can read it. I already know what it is. Well, okay. The question is, and the, the printer again did something so weird. So I actually can't even really see who wrote this. I think Kelsey something, Kelsey Wonderlick or Wonderlish or something. I don't know. It's like double printed. Uh, the question is, do you have a hard time watching movies where Matt kisses other women and how do you handle that? All right, let's, let's uh, flip the script here really quick because I've already written a blog post about this and I would think that most of my gorgeous girls had already read it. But Matt, how would you feel? <laughs> how would you feel having to watch me kiss another guy? I would hate it. I don't think I could handle it, but it's different for guys. What you normally say is that you wouldn't be able to be with me um, I probably wouldn't have been with you in the first place. Mm -hmm. There it is, folks. <laughs> there is the truth. Well, because it would have been, it would, it's, it would be too hard. Okay. So the actor couldn't handle his wife doing what it is that he goes off to work to do. Do you see the irony in that? <laughs> uh. <sighs> what I will say is that Yeah, I mean, w when you're doing like a like a kissing scene or a makeout scene or or whatever, um, the finished product always looks really like nice and romantic and sexy and cool. But I think that everyone really needs to understand if you're going to ask this question is that most of the time it's not like it's not romantic and sexy. You know, like let's, for example, a 90210 or something where I'm making out with Shanae. Like we would literally have to do it over and over and over again. And it's not a knock on Shanae. It's just like, you just get tired of like making out with someone and trying to make it look good. I mean, you're also, you're also, you're, you're focused on making it look good. Mm -hmm. Hitting your marks, being, you know, getting the light right, all yeah, that stuff. The lighting, hitting your marks, um, it's not like you're lost in the passion of it right. as an actor. I mean, can that there's happen? about 200 people standing around watching it happen. Yeah. There, there's, there's people watching the monitors. They're actually watching, you know, producers going like, Ooh, is that sexy? Is it sexy enough? 
do both our actors look hot enough? Well, you got that going on. You got, you got, you know, cameras in your face. You got, uh, you got sound guys holding boom poles, you know, that are like a foot and a half from your head. Uh, <laughs> uh, just all sorts of stuff going on. So it's not quite what it seems. Uh, you're also, again, doing it over and over and over um, from different angles. It's just not as passionate as it looks right? typically. Um, At least that's what he tells me, folks. <laughs> yes, that, that's, my, that's my routine. Uh, now, I'll tell you what it's really like. <laughs> and then he's going to sleep on the couch tonight. <laughs> uh, I mean, like what I can say is I've never enjoyed a kissing scene as much as I enjoy kissing my wife. Mm-hmm. You better say that. <laughs> you better. No, um, the thing that's different. But how do you handle it? Sorry for the interruption. I mean, how do you handle it? Because obviously I'm still doing it. I'm still making out with someone. Like some other girl is still... Like putting her hands on me and stuff like that. As a guy, like I don't, I don't think I would handle that well. Right. Well, the the difference is, is that the 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 thing is, is that he was doing this before I met him, and I came into his life after he was already established. He was already. This is the decision that you had already, or not decision, but the career that you had already chosen. And I can't come into your life and be like. Okay, well, you're not going to do that anymore. Like, I can't do that. So, I I didn't. I had a choice. Either I was going to accept it and stay with him and figure out how to deal with my own stuff, or I was going to not be with him because you know that's that's just how it is. And I decided that a I was going to find out what it's really like, and in you know, we have a lot of friends who are in the industry, and so I I've heard from so many of our actor friends what these love scenes are really like. And I know that, that at the end of the day, he's coming home to me. You know, that's, that's the thing is you do, you come home to me. And if I, the other thing that makes it easier and my, I was almost going to say professional opinion, <laughs> I'm not a professional, <laughs> but in my, in my opinion, my personal opinion is that when you are working with somebody who is kind and makes sure to make me feel comfortable and not like go out of, my, like, I don't mean like go out of their way to like talk to me about like, oh, I'm going to do this with your husband. I'm not talking like that. Just is kind and a nice human being. It makes it a lot easier. But when you get somebody, like when you're working with somebody who's like a jerk and not nice to me and pretending like I don't exist and stuff like that, that's when it's hard mm. because it makes it feel like they're, a little bit like after you, you know what I mean? So in, in instance of like Lucy and Wyatt, who, whose couple, like their fandom as a couple mm -hmm. was so, so massive. Right. Like, was that hard for you that people love seeing us together and love our romantic scenes No, to the point where it like lit the internet on fire? No, that one didn't bother me. A, because Abby was always like, she was, she and I just got along well and she's just cool. And when it's people who are talking about Lucy and Wyatt, that's like two characters to me. Like that's a character that you're playing. I don't know. It just didn't bother yeah. me. Well, hey, it's a good. I mean, like, do I want to sit there and watch you kiss her or any other girl? No, that's not what I want to do. But the fans, like they're, they're reacting the way that I would react when I watched any of my favorite movies or TV shows, you know? Right. That's a good outlook to have. 
Okay, I think we've answered that question. I say we got time for one more, and let's make it a voicemail. What do you think? Sure. All right, well, let's go into it here. Hang on one second. Hi, Antoine, Matt. So I just wanted to call in. I already texted or Instagram Angela, but I felt like I had to share this message display too. I wanted to thank you both for being so open about the postpartum slash post-weaning depression. I work as a therapist, and um, I see stuff like that often, and it's so sad that people are not that aware of it and that there's such a big stigma around it and so much guilt and shame, which is why people don't speak up. So it's even more important that you guys do that and I can't believe how you know brave you guys are sharing every detail of the medication and all that those things that are you know so personal especially from you know the spotlight that you are in so I just wanted to thank you I think you can't even imagine how many people you are affecting with this people that maybe otherwise don't know anyone that's going through the same thing also people that have very sick views of medication or just people that could listening to this podcast now support other people going through it because they're a little more educated and kind of know how it feels. So thank you so much for doing that. I really think you're doing an awesome job and I appreciate you sharing this message and any other, you know, mistakes that you make along the way and any other lessons. I'm always excited every Monday to hear a new episode and learn more from your um, journey. Thank you so much. Bye. Well, there we go. Um, I didn't catch her name. I don't know if she dropped it or not, but um, yeah, thanks for the call and thanks for the feedback. Uh, Angela, that's really specifically, I guess, about you and your decision to share your postpartum journey. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I shared every single detail of my pregnancy, so it kind of felt like I needed to share postpartum as well. I mean, like every detail of my pregnancy. But I think it is important what she said. I mean, I think we do and you do have to realize that by sharing all that stuff, um, you know, hopefully we are helping people. Yeah. And and people can get a little more clarity on it or mm-hmm. if they don't, you know, if they've never been through it or they're not going through it, maybe they know somebody or have a friend that they can maybe understand a little more. Yeah. Um, so I that's been um, one of the big responses I've seen. I'm actually way backed up on my DMs right now on Instagram and I, I want to actually take some time tonight to answer some women back. But I've had... In various ways, I've seen women reach out to me that they're so thankful. And I've actually had a couple of women say that they were so fearful of taking medication. And now after hearing my story that they're going to consider it. Wow. And um, that's really powerful to me because it's like it's just completely changed my life. Um, I've been able to reclaim my life because of, you know, the treatment that I've actually gotten. And I, I'm just... It's crazy to me that I have the the journey that I've been through because it's like I didn't even think that that was possible. And then I I felt like there's no reason why I would have I, I would go through that without something good coming of it. And the overwhelming positive response that I've gotten has definitely made me feel like that's the reason that I went through it because I mean, I I had to have something good. I have to have a reason to feel like something good was going to come out of it. And I've had so many women reach out to me and make me feel like I've touched their life with, you know, just sharing my experience. And that makes me feel so good to know that I can help anybody. Just even just validate them. Just validate it that, 
you know, they're not alone in what they're feeling. And I've had so many people respond and say, I felt every single thing that you felt, or I cried through your video that you posted, or I cried through your podcast as I listened. And it was like, even like I've had family members reach out to me and, and say that. And it's just because I, I don't know, it's, I guess it was really raw and it was like a very real yeah. experience that I was sharing. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm thankful for this platform. If, uh, if you're not sure what Angela's talking about, um, it, we did two episodes of postpartum depression, part one and part two, uh, a few episodes ago, go check that out. She also released a video on her YouTube called uh, postpartum depression and, uh, anxiety that she went through and she kind of laid it all out there. So go over to Angela Lanter, uh, um, dot com and you can see the stuff or uh, youtube.com slash Angela Lanter mm -hmm. and you can, um, view and, uh, Find that over there. Well, I think, I think we answered quite a few questions, and uh, yep, it is in fact baby bedtime. We're a little late, so we gotta go. Yeah, we gotta put her to bed. Put her to bed. Uh, okay, love you guys. Thanks for listening to Hello Baby podcast. Follow us uh, at Matt Lanter at Angela Lanter, and uh, hey, please subscribe to uh, to the podcast if you haven't already. Tell some friends and family about it. Leave us a, a comment um, on our iTunes reviews if you'd like. Uh, we read those. Love you to call in and leave a voicemail. As you as you heard, it can be played on the show. For some feedback, call our Hello Baby hotline voicemail at 323-544-3051. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back next week with a new episode of Hello Baby Podcast.